Hey everyone, it's time again to crack open a cold one and talk real estate with Mike Ferrante from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team, based in Cleveland, Ohio. We are chatting about all things real estate, from agent training, real estate investing, buyer and seller tips, and more. It's free beer and real estate. Hey, what's up everybody? It's Mike Ferrante with Century 21 Homestar. Got a great topic today. How many of you have heard this? Sure, I'd sell my house, but where will I go? This is the dilemma of the move-up buyer or even a downsizing buyer who has a home to sell, wants to move, but is stifled by the market. Even though it's relaxing a little bit, it's tough for buyers out there. So you're going to sell your house, but where will you go? So that's our topic for today. Let me roll into some introductions here and we'll get started. Uh, welcome to our weekly training. If you are listening to this on our podcast, Free Beer in Real Estate, congratulations. Your free beer is in the mail. And if you are watching this on YouTube, thank you so much. Uh, smash that subscribe button so you make sure to know when we put new videos out. We do this every week. Tony Geraci and I, broker owner of Homestar, we do this every week, uh, picking up topics that are either current or timeless. Right, Tony? So we're going to do, coming up, we're going to do some scripts dialogues, helping agents grow their business. Uh, so actually, Tony, let me have you do your own intro today. I've been doing such a good job at it. I feel like maybe you need the practice. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, I forget to, you know, uh, I like to hear you talk sometimes. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, my intro is, is simple and short is I'm Tony Geraci, a broker and owner of Century 21 Homestar. Uh, and uh, the best way to get a hold of me is cell phone and text. Emails get lots of those, but text is 216 Three seven four one two six nine, and anybody, uh, our agents, Central and Homestar agents, anybody out there, I still have lots of friends and acquaintances from thirty years of being in real estate that are at other uh, offices and other companies that uh, we love to bounce each other ideas about uh, off each other. So I'm always open for that. I'll put you in my schedule. So wait a minute, Tony, you have a brokerage with over five hundred agents, and you make yourself accessible through your cell phone. Come on. Of course. I have it with me all of the time. My family knows, the kids know. <laughs> I know, I know. And that is amazing. I don't know anyone who is as accessible as you are running a company the size that you do, but that is one of the many reasons that we love you and love Homestar, uh, the support that we get. You know, So thank you for all that. If I haven't said it lately, thank you. Well, thank uh, you. All right. So guys, I'm Mike Ferrante again. I run a team called the 21 Mike team. Uh, we're again on pace to close over 500 units. And Tony, little secret here, we may even be pushing mid sixes this year. So pushing to close over 600 deals this year. And uh, the way you reach me, I like email. So don't text me. You can email me, mike at 21mike.com. So let's circle back and roll right into this topic because there is a lot to cover, a lot to unpack. Again, if you're a homeowner and you're looking to sell, this is a great conversation for you. Uh, and also if you're an agent, and that's who most of our audience is, you know, how do you have the conversation with your clients, that difficult conversation? You know, yeah, I'm thinking about selling, but where will I go? How, how do I manage that process of buying and selling at the same time? So I'm, I'm going to kind of run through options. These are conversations you need to have with clients so they understand all their options. Okay. A lot of times we don't really lay all the options on the table. We just assume that something or another is best for our clients. And I think that is a mistake. I think that if you're not giving your clients all the options and letting them decide that 
you're risking losing that client. They may encounter someone who says, well, you know, so-and-so told me about this. You didn't tell me about it. So I went with them, you know, raise your hand if that's ever happened to you. I hate that. Yeah. So when you have a house to sell, I, I think it's important, first of all, to get down to the motivation of the seller. You know, how motivated are they? Why are they moving? And I think depending on those answers, it may change some things. You know, if they're, if they're deeply in pain because they're bursting at the seams of their house, that's one thing. But if it's, hey, we would just like a bigger house, that may change their motivation level. Uh, so exploring the possibility of, you know, maybe the best advice you can give to a customer like that is, you know, hey, we can look, but why force the issue right now? You know, we know that it's that it can be a difficult time to buy and sell right now. So putting on the table the fact that, hey, maybe there's a possibility you could stay in your home for a while or possibly improve the house that you're in. I know as realtors, we don't get too excited when someone says, hey, Tony, we decided not to move. Instead, we're going to build an addition on our house. Uh, but I think as realtors, we are brokers of information. And I think it's important to at least consider those options. Uh, ha have you had that experience, Tony, where, uh, you know, talking to a client or advising, you know, the next thing you know, they say, well, we decided to finish our basement or put an addition on. Oh, definitely. Yes. Uh, well, you always got to remember that uh, your clients are always thinking of other options, backup plans, ideas. And sometimes at the beginning, everything's fine. They want to buy a house, but somewhere along the lines, yeah, exactly that. Oh, well, we'll just fix up our house or uh, we'll, we'll stay in here a little longer or, or they get frustrated, especially right now with people people that need or want to move, but it's just getting so frustrated with the, the choices out there. They just say, I'm just going to stay, you know, where yeah. we're at. No, it's happening. And, and I think, and, and, and I think long-term your clients will appreciate that if you can, you know, walk them through that decision process and the ones who do decide, you know what, improving our home is not an option. So I think if they say, nope, you know what, we've looked at it. We already have the biggest house in the neighborhood or, you know, there's just too many things that don't work for us in this house. We definitely want to move. So I think that it's important then to kind of walk them through that next process of, you know, do you want to buy a house or throwing out there? Do you want to build? Because we know, Tony, I mean, you drive around Cleveland right now, and I'm sure a lot of cities uh, business is, is booming for the, for the builders. And of course, Tony, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this in your court and let you answer this because I, I think we're going to be on the same wavelength here. Tell us why it's so important to talk about building with our clients before they go walk in that model home and talk to the builder directly. Oh, definitely. So uh, there is no, especially builders that are not on the MLS that are just have uh, developments or that uh, the procuring cause or your client, if they go start talking with them, then uh, you might be cutting yourself out of a commission. So uh, especially with building, with anything, you always tell your clients, call me first. Don't walk into open house. Don't talk to anybody because <laughs> you. I won't be able to help you afterwards. So you got to use the word help. You know, well, and that's the thing, Tony. It it's not just about the commission. I mean, for us as, as, as agents, obviously we want that commission because that's how we feed our kids and put our kids through school, right? 
put gas in our car, but it's also about the uh, process. You know, there is still a lot of value that the real estate agent brings to the new construction process. And the builders are already planning on paying us. They already have that open door. So if you don't bring your agent to that first meeting for new construction, what does the builder do with that money they're not paying? They put it in their pocket. It's not like they're going to give you that money back. And then one other thing too, I add to that is that uh, some agents a couple times uh, or almost at least once a month or so, I tell an agent uh, that you, you could use me as an excuse, especially with our agents that are broker is, but this is true. If you're, uh, I don't want any of our agents to help anybody for free. Not that I don't want to help. I would love to help people, but after being in the business 30 years, I love to help people, especially family, friends, some agents are like, well, it's not all about making money. It's not about that. If you could guarantee you don't have liability. We have had lawsuits over the years for agents that earned no commission dollar because we just got involved and they were trying to help. So I try to let the agents know you could be, you could use me as the bad guy. So like sometimes they get in situations like, well, I still want to help these people, but they won't pay a commission. I go tell them your broker won't let you because there's liability now. And then all of a sudden uh, that's all, it's a liability thing, not a help thing. And um, so as to our agents, if you ever get into a situation where a commission comes down too low or, or, or free, you can call me, I'll give you my advice on how to handle it. Not just because we want to make money, you want to help people too, but there's also liability as soon as you start talking. Yeah, it's crazy, Tony. You know, I know that in general you think, gosh, how could you get in trouble if you're helping people but it's kind of like the good Samaritan laws that are out there. You know, you're say you're a nurse and you stop to give someone uh, chest com compressions or whatever. You could actually be liable if someone decides that you did more harm than than good. So it's this weird world we live in where even if we're acting purely out of the goodness of our hearts, we can still get in get in trouble. Um, so just like for sale by owners, new construction, same deal. It's really important to have these conversations with your clients because in the same way they'll go and check out a for sale by owner without you and have to navigate that process without guidance. Uh, quick story here. I've been in the business, you know, not as long as you, Tony, but uh, before I was licensed, I bought a for sale by owner from a, from a friend and, you know, I don't know how good a, good a friend that person was, because at the end of the day, I bought this house without a residential property disclosure. I bought this house not knowing that it had been condemned and not knowing that there were major foundation issues on the house. Now, again, you know, stupid me for not getting a home inspection and all that kind of stuff. But in hindsight, any real estate agent, even a brand new agent knows, hey, where's the RPD? You know, this person who sold me the house should have at least had to disclose the foundation repairs that they did. And then I would have been alerted to it. So anyway, fast forward uh, 20 years, I ended up having to invest uh, thousands and thousands of dollars on repairs on this house that at least I would have been aware of when, when I bought it. So you know, having the guidance you know, for a, a, a real estate agent, of, of a real estate agent, whether it's new construction, for sale banner, or a regular traditional purchase is so important. And that's why I bring up this whole conversation about new construction. Talk to your clients about it first. This podcast is brought to you by Mike Ferrante from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team, real estate agents serving all of Ohio. Whether you're looking to buy, sell, or you're an agent looking to partner with the number two team for Century 21 in the entire U.S., Contact Mike via email 
at mike at 21mike.com. Next option. So we've already determined they cannot improve their existing house. We've talked about FISBOs. We've talked about new construction. Now let's talk about purchasing an existing home, which is the route most of us take. I think the first conversation we have to have with people, Tony, and you have years of experience in lending as well, which many people don't know, but I think it's that conversation about is owning two homes at once an option? Because if it is, that opens up a lot of doors. And Tony, this part two of that is even if it is an option, do you want to do that? Some people may say, yeah, I can afford it, but do they want to? Can you talk about how you would have that conversation with a client as far as getting qualified for two houses at once and then whether or not they want to, to do that? Oh yeah, no, I just got in a conversation with the agent yesterday about this, is that uh, you can, if someone qualifies for uh, a new house uh, or can have two payments, we'll say, uh, then in, especially in this market, you, they could buy and still own their other home. But usually people, I'll just jump to one of the points, you could go on for hours about this, but one of the things, if a uh, term you probably haven't heard in lending, you might not have heard of it, called recasting. What that is, so some people will say, well, I only have like minimum down payment because I need to sell my house to get my whole down payment. Well, uh, you ask your lender about recasting, what that is, and I just told an agent this yesterday, is that they could buy the house, you know, three and a half, five percent down now, they could afford technically the two payments, they don't want two payments, then sell their other house, take, we'll just round that up to that hundred thousand they're going to get out of that house and put it now towards their new house, even though the mortgage is already there and they can recast it, which means is that they'll put the money down like a down payment, redo the payment, redo everything like they put the money down. And usually most banks will give you a, a period like six months uh, or so, uh, the first six months where you could do that. If not, like if it's further into it and your payments, whatever, and you put $100,000 down, it just lowers your principal. It doesn't change your payment. So it's called recasting. So uh, sometimes lenders don't explain that or don't ask people that uh, if they need to buy before they sell. And especially in this market, we know their house is going to sell. So, uh, I mean, that's a perfect thing for people. And then the, the ease of moving and not having to worry. So uh, I'm, gonna, I'm eager to find out like the agent that I explained this to if these people are going to you know, pick that option. Yeah, interesting. I've never heard of that, Tony. So uh, when they recast it, does, is there also a potential that the interest rate may change because now they've got a bigger down payment or does it just change the payment? Just changes the payment, like they put the money down. So Got it. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So uh, again, the first conversation is, can you afford to own two homes? If the answer is yes, then you can discuss with your clients buying first and then selling your home. Okay. So in which case there's going to be that period of time where they're making two payments, managing two households, you know, the risk of, you know, market changing rates going up, all that kind of stuff. But it is definitely an easier, less cumbersome process if you can buy first. Now, some people who can afford to buy first and have two payments don't want to. So they may say, yeah, even if I can afford it, I don't want to. And I think that's a great conversation to have. And then we get into the most complicated scenario, which is where you're going to sell your home or at least get it under contract and then go out and shop for a home. And this and is where we start. Go ahead, Tony. Oh, it's not to go into too much of mortgage in detail. Like when you close on your house, say you close in the first two or three days or four days of the month, you prepay interest called prepaid interest. You prepay to the end of the month because your mortgage payment every month is not for the 
future month. It's for your last month. So in theory, say you close June 3rd, at closing your pay in June 3rd. Technically, you don't have a payment until August 1st for July. So sometimes people that are knowledgeable or sometimes loan officers are like, hey, we want to close at the beginning of the month because at closing, you kind of already pay for the interest included in everything. And you really don't have a payment until August 1st. So people in this scenario, if you know I was a loan officer, I would say, hey, let's close you at the real at the beginning of the month. You close. You don't have a payment till August 1st. Hopefully you get your house under contract and you're closing in August sometime, uh, your new, your old house. And maybe if you're lucky, you could squeeze by with double payments one month. So there's ways to set it up where you might get that. So yep. sorry, we're going to way detail about <laughs> more. No, makes sense. Yeah. Because there, it, it, it should time up so that you don't have any month or, or like you said, maybe one month where there's an actual double payment where you're still paying on your existing home and your payment is already due on the new home. You know, most of us have done this where we buy our home and the first payment isn't due until the month after we are already settled in our new home. Now, going back to the scenario where we are going to sell first, either because we need to, we need the equity or we don't qualify to have two mortgages because of our debt to income ratios, which is a lot of us out there. A lot of us cannot afford to have two homes. It's just the way it is. We have to talk through with our clients that scenario. So I say, great, Tony, we're going to put your house on the market. We're going to get you under. You are back. Okay. That was weird. All right. Where do we leave off? So talking about listing the home and then getting it under contract. Right. Yep. Okay. So we, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, client, we're going to get your home on the market, get it under contract, and then go shopping for a home. Of course, when we make that offer, we have that horrible pair of words or three words, home sale contingency. That means we have to go to the sellers and say, look, in order for us to complete the purchase, it's contingent on the sale of my existing home. And right now, even though the market's beginning to level off a little bit, it's still very much a seller's market. And as I've heard one agent say, those offers with home sale contingencies kind of go in their own pile. Like, yeah, we don't really want this. Let's look at all these other offers that don't have home sale contingencies. So while there's lots of creative ways to get your offers accepted, having a home sale contingency is one of those ones that's almost a sure way of not getting your offer accepted. Uh, did I explain that well enough, Tony, or do you have anything to add there? Oh, definitely. No, I'm really pushing more and more uh, people, if they're definitely going to buy, to sell first, contingent on buying a new house. Uh, I, we find buyers out there. There's more buyers than you think are out there. They'll wait. You know, they have places that they could rent month to month. They're living with family. They have places to go or they're so desperate, they'll figure it out. If they just know, they'll give you some time. So. Right. So let's let's dive into that a little bit. So we get your home on the market, we get it under contract, and we negotiate you as the seller some time for you to go purchase a house. However, that offer is still going to be contingent on the sale of your home if you can't afford two mortgage payments or you need the, the equity out of your existing home. So then we start talking about, well, gosh, if we can't get an offer accepted, this is that whole conversation of, sure, I'd sell my house, Tony, but where would I go? We have to start talking about the options of selling your home, moving into temporary housing, staying with family, whatever that looks like. You have to prepare the sellers that that is an eventuality that, that could happen. We may not be able to secure you a home. So would you be willing to do temporary housing or, or one of these other options? Um, not ideal. 
And that's when you start looking at options like a bridge loan, or uh, we have a proprietary product that we're using called My Zip Home that I'm not going to go into detail on, but it's a great way to help people bridge that gap. It's myzipphome.com. Check it out if you have a minute. Uh, but certainly, the, you know, we have to go through all these options with, with people uh, to figure out if they can't get right into their next home, what are their options? No, that's great. There's lots of options. <laughs> you have to move and you have to sell. There's always options. <laughs> yes. Okay. So if, uh, you know, let's say we get the home under contract and we are able to secure housing, then we still have to talk about the timing of those, those closings. You know, you still need to close on your house and get that money from the sale, pay off the mortgage. So I think one great strategy is like Tony alluded to telling the buyers of your home, we need one week, two weeks, four weeks of rent back. So after the house closes, we get to stay in our home for three weeks, whether there's rent or not, that buys you some time to close on the next house that you bought. You have your equity, your debt to income is cleared up, and now you have time to move as well. Now, as the market starts to shift back into balance, sellers are going to be less and less willing, I'm sorry, buyers are going to be less and less willing to absorb that time. So be prepared to start writing rent clauses into your contracts where, sure, Tony, we'll let you stay in your house for a week, but you're going to pay us $1,000 rent or $500 rent or whatever that might look like. Uh, so certainly yeah. the, the delayed close or delayed possession is, is a possibility. Well, like if uh, advice I give our sellers is that the, the question all the time, is it delayed closing or delayed possession? I tell if it's our seller, well, either side, if you know the seller 100% is going to need to move by a certain date and they have to find something because they just need to move, uh, you know, wherever by a certain date, I always say close earlier and then have a delayed possession. Then, you know, it's done. It's, it's in the, it's closed. It's done. It's now just possession because time, the longer you wait to close, something could happen. I mean, you know, God willing, it doesn't happen, but the buyer could pass, the seller could pass, the, something happened with someone's job, something happened in life where uh, I say a purchase agreement until it's closed is just a promise. And, and people for life reasons, their promises have to be broken sometimes, if that makes sense. 100%. And that's why the home sale contingency is such a slippery slope. So that you should always have some backup plans in place. And that's why as agents, we should have a stable of people for temporary housing. You know, we need to know, uh, for example, which condo complexes might have something that's available. I know over here, Lakes of Aurora does three and six month rentals. Uh, I have a client in the Heights area who will do, they have Airbnb properties, but they'll also do a short-term rental. Like if there's an insurance fire or you have clients who are building a home or who are waiting for the purchase of their next home, you know, having this resource to offer your clients is going to help you fulfill their needs. Like we said, Tony, all the time, helping people. So if you're the agent who has all these answers and has all the resources available, your clients are going to gravitate to you and they're going to say, wow, Tony's got all the answers. It sounds like he can walk me through this complicated process. So I know we covered a lot of territory there, Tony. I'll leave it, uh, we're at our time already. I'll leave it uh, to you for final thoughts and then we'll do a wrap up. 
Yeah, no, basically, uh, the funny thing is my next topic for my daily or uh, weekly training or my three-week training is starting right after this <laughs> is how to get buyers off the fence. And there's always a fence. Uh, there's always a fence that buyer or seller are on, and you just got to uh, help them decide if this is the right time to buy or sell for them. doesn't matter what the rates are. doesn't matter for if it's a buyer's market or seller's market. There's always choices and there are always options on how to, to figure this out for people. People. Yeah. And buyers are on the fence for various reasons. If one of those reasons is they have a home to sell, hit, hit up Tony or me and we can talk you through the process and definitely check out myzipphome.com. That's it, Tony, for this week. Until next week, we'll have another gripping topic for everybody. And uh, I think we're going to get into some scripts and dialogues coming up here soon, because as the market balances out, we need to really hone our skills as agents. Exactly. No, it sounds good. We'll see everybody next week. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed free beer and real estate from Century 21 Homestar and the 21 Mike team. Please subscribe to our podcast and find us on YouTube by searching for Mike Ferrante, Cleveland Realtor. You will find videos, training, and even recipes from 21 Mike's Vegan Kitchen.